welcome to the Truth About Things That Suck podcast. I'm your host, Mindy Henderson, living life from a wheelchair, surviving two devastating car crashes, lost jobs, and a host of other challenges. I've learned to navigate the curveballs life throws at us. And now, as a speaker, author, and coach, my mission is to bring positivity to the world, to teach others how to navigate adversity well, to stop making excuses, and to see all that they are truly capable of. Because the truth about things that suck is that, well, they suck. They won't be fun, but it's possible to have two truths that coexist at the same time. And the second truth is that there's a lot we can learn, a lot we can do, and a lot of gifts that the sucky things bring to our lives and that empower us to make the world a better place. This podcast is a tool I've created to help us uncover those sucky but surprisingly beautiful circumstances. Let's see what's on tap for today. Welcome, everybody. I want to just take a minute to thank you all for listening to the first episode of the Truth About Things That Suck podcast. This is Mindy Henderson. And as you may have heard on the intro, I am a motivational speaker, writer, coach, and now a podcast host. So what I wanted to do in this episode is just give you a little bit of information about me, a little bit of information about the podcast and what to expect here, and what I'm hoping to accomplish with this podcast. So a little bit about me to start us off. I am a motivational speaker and At the heart of my story is really my disability. And as I said in the intro, I've I've lived through a lot more adversity than just my disability, but I would say that my disability is probably my primary source of adversity in my life. And um the way that it happened, I was I was diagnosed with a neuromuscular condition when I was only about 15 months old. So I wasn't even, I don't think that even qualifies maybe as a toddler yet, but I was diagnosed with a condition called spinal muscular atrophy. There are a few different types. I happen to have type two and the different types really, I think kind of center around um, the point at which you are diagnosed, the, the age of onset. And so, you know, I was, I was born, my parents thought everything was fine and When I was, you know, a little more than a year, they they started to really suspect that something was wrong. I started to do all of the normal things that babies and infants do. I started to walk. I started to talk, stand. And as quickly as I started to stand and walk, I stopped. And I did excel at speaking. Um, This isn't entirely a sad story. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I, I don't want to brag, but actually my first word was a sentence. Yeah, my dad came in to get me up from a, uh, a nap one day and I looked at him and I said, hi, daddy. I know. I was, I was a bit of a prodigy even back then, but um, in the walking and the standing area, not so much. So like I said, it started, as soon as I started to do those things, I, I kind of stopped. My parents said that it was almost like I had just lost interest. You know, sometimes that happens. Babies will lose interest in something. And it was kind of like I just couldn't be bothered to stand up or walk around. But, you know, there were some other things going on too. And so my parents took me to my pediatrician who said that I was fine, that it was probably a phase I was going through and to let me work my way through it. Well, my parents knew better. They, you know, my mom had that mom gut and knew that something was wrong. You, you know, you, you know your child, right? And so we embarked on this sort of medical scavenger hunt that ended ultimately at the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota, where I was diagnosed by the head of neurology with this condition called spinal muscular atrophy. And my parents were told some pretty dark things that day. He confirmed that I would in fact lose all of my ability to stand and walk but he also told them that I would lose all of my cognitive function. And he told them that I probably would not live to be three. So, and my parents, I want to say my parents were in their twenties when this happened. I didn't even have kids when I was 20 at 20 something or in my twenties. And I've often tried to put myself in their place and think about, getting this news about my child and having to process that and work through it and figure out what to do. And I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that I had the parents that I did because they asked all the right questions, you know, was there treatment? Was there a cure? Was, was there medication? You know, what could they do to help me? And the answer to all of those questions was nothing. In fact, the doctor told them they should probably just kind of leave me alone and let me be happy with the time that I had left. So, you know, and let me couch this by saying that this was, this was a while ago. I'm not going to tell you how long ago, but 40 something years. And there was a lot less known about my illness at that time. And, you know, in part because of this, you know, it's, it's important that we trust our doctors, right? You know, a lot of people hear this story and it can be kind of horrifying, um, from the standpoint of, you know, when do you, when do you trust your doctor? And I think the answer is you, you kind of always need to trust your doctor, but you need to trust and verify, right? Especially when it comes to life and death, you know, um, a second opinion never hurts anything. And, um, and so, you know, my parents went off, tried to process this information as best they could, and they made a decision between the two of them. 
And that decision was that if I were going to leave this life earlier than they had intended, they wanted to know that they had done everything they could to help me. And my dad had been a pretty serious athlete. My dad was a football player for the University of Wisconsin. My dad, my mom was a pom-pom girl. That's how they met. And um, they're just as precious today as they were back then. But, you know, my dad was scouted by the pros um, and he knew a thing or two about anatomy and physiology and (laughs) frankly, physical therapy and injuries. Um, And so despite what the absolute expert in his field was telling my parents, my dad started to work with me and he did start to do physical therapy with me. And bit by bit, he started to see progress and I did start to get a little bit stronger. And, you know, the, the, the sentence of life in a wheelchair, so to speak, was was true. Um, and I have lived my life from a wheelchair, but the rest of it was proven false relatively quickly, um, fortunately for me. And, you know, obviously, I was very, very small. When all of this was going on, I was an infant and didn't really understand what was happening at the time. But for whatever reason, you know, I I don't exactly remember anybody the first time anyone told me this story, but it's a story that I grew up just kind of always knowing. And it set my parents in the process really became my first examples of hope in the face of what was being told to them was an absolutely hopeless situation. And fortunately for me, again, those are the parents that I grew up with. And that was the tone that was set for my life from the time I was a baby. You know, I grew up with the same things expected of me as were expected of my sister. And it was expected that I would do well in school and have outside interests and have friends and grow up and go to college and and do all of the things that I dreamt of. And so the mission that I have in all of the work that I do, whether it's speaking or writing or coaching, is really to shine a positive light on the world and to teach others how to navigate adversity well, to stop making excuses, and to show people that the wrong mindset And a negative mindset can actually be far more disabling than what any wheelchair might represent. And I really, truly strive in all of the work that I do to show people possibilities and to show them all that they're truly capable of. And specifically with this podcast, my intention is to share other people's stories of adversity. 
Because while adversity is something that we all experience in our lives, it's guaranteed that everyone's challenges will be different. You know, some of them may be similar, of course, but I know that not everyone listening right now is in a wheelchair, but I know with absolute certainty that every single person who is listening has had a challenge has experienced difficulties and struggles or a bad day at some point. So with this podcast, I want to bring you the stories, stories with individuals who have lived through wildly different kinds of adversity, but have not just lived through it, have become stronger for it and are now making the world a better place because of it. So why would I want to do that, you might ask? Because in my years of living through my own struggles, of speaking and writing and talking with other people, there are a few things that I know for certain. I know that adversity and struggling is a certainty in life. I know that our challenging times can be lonely and I know that all kinds of emotions can be wrapped up in stru- the struggles of our lives, fear, shame, anger, sadness, the idea that no one else has ever been through this or could possibly understand. And these emotions oftentimes talk us out of sharing what we're going through. So often we keep things hidden. We keep them a secret and we keep, we, we live out our own sad, lonely, private struggles in fear of what people might think. And by bringing you these people's stories, my hope is that you can find yourself somewhere in one of them or in several of them, that it will maybe make us all feel a little less alone make us feel grateful for what we have and to show us what's possible despite the crummy cards that may have been dealt to us. I truly believe that our biggest challenges in life can become our biggest advantages if we apply the characteristics they build up in us. Patience, perseverance, determination, creativity, acceptance. Those characteristics are some of the gifts that adversity brings into our lives. And the people who share their stories here can be examples to us all of how to take the bad and turn it into something good. And if there's one thing that I know for sure, it's that anything is possible and that miracles do happen. We are built to be resilient and we have it in us to overcome the unimaginable and then go on to do big, important, magnificent things in the world that we live in. Whether what we're, the world that we're impacting is our immediate family or our community or our country or the entire planet. So I hope that you enjoy what you find here. I hope from the bottom of my heart that you find it helpful 
and hopeful and encouraging. And I hope that you'll come back again and again and listen to these wonderful people's stories who have done me the honor of telling them to me. Thank you all so much for listening. I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode has left you feeling inspired, a little less alone, and ready to take your own challenges, to find the gifts within them, and to use those gifts to make the world a better place. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be grateful if you'd leave a rating or a review. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button so we can keep bringing you great content and maybe share it with a friend or two. You can also follow me on Instagram at Mindy Henderson Speaks. Thanks, everyone. Until next time, go be the light we all need in this world.